0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on our exclusive coverage of Third Watch. We are pumping these along beautifully. We're still in the sixth season. We're up to the fifth episode. It is called The Hunter, Hunted. First aired on the 22nd of October 2004. Written by one of our showrunners, Ed Allen Bonero, and directed. By Mr. Paul McCrane, who I'm going to come back to in a minute. For some people who might think, hey, that name sounds familiar. There's a reason why that name sounds familiar. Uh, This is an interesting episode. It's kind of leading off from a cliffhanger last week. We're going to get another cliffhanger this week. It's the season of cliffhangers and montages because it's season six of Third Watch. My name is Ben, (laughs) and we're never going to date, ever. I don't even like you.
1: Well, I'm glad that we're never going to date, but I feel pretty wounded that you don't like me what's up everybody my name's darvel and i gotta stop getting hit in the head nah. and and i'll say and i'm I'll will i'll say this right now ben unlike last week's cliffhanger i think this i think this week's cliffhanger actually works
0: yeah i i mean look i would agree with you like i feel i'm being a bit negative in that but um yeah, no, I definitely think it's a it's a better cliffhanger this week. Um, and kind of, you know, we talked a little bit last week, I think, about how you can make an argument that we could air these back-to-back, you know, today as a two-parter. But, you know, again, we're deciding not to just because I, I, I would argue that Season 6 has no two-parters with the exception of the medical investigation crossover. So, um, that's why some people might be questioning, hey, usually air two-parters on the same day. Well... Officially, not really a two-parter, so, yeah. Um, But just quickly, before we get started, Paul McCrane. uh, I don't know how how much familiar you are with that name, Darville. Are you familiar with the name Paul McCrane at all, the director of this episode?
1: No, and what I was thinking when you were saying earlier earlier that it could that if it sounds familiar to you, audience, we'll come back around to it in a minute. For a second there, I was thinking, okay, maybe they'll get confused and think you said Paul Crane, as in (laughs) the guy who played Dr. Romano, or I like to call him Dr. Dick, on ER.
0: Well, no, actually, you're right, Darvell. It is the same guy, but his name is Paul McCrane. It's not Paul Crane. It is Paul McCrane. So, you are actually correct. This is Dr. Romano, who was on ER. So... Uh, that is why oh. that name does sound familiar. Uh, and also, not just for ER fans, Robocop fans, he's in Robocop. And, of course, 24 fans, uh, he's Jack Bauer's brother. So, um, you know, he's got a few... Oh, I thought his...
1: <laughs> oh. No. I, I, I thought I thought his name was Paul Crane. No, Paul I didn't Mc- know it was McCrane.
0: Yeah, yeah McCrane. But he, I did know that he was a bit of a director as well. I believe he directed a bunch of ER episodes. I'm recording a yeah, yeah, that was my, that was that was my that was my brother. I love that. Like, yeah. It's like a secret. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to your brother there, by the way. Uh, just trying to get in there. He, hey, some he just can't. He just can't. Just
1: can't. Just came in, he was like, he was like Darv, and I was like, I'm recording a podcast.
0: <laughs> Highlight of this episode. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know he, I'm aware he's directed a bunch of other things as well. So, um, but look, I, I, I definitely see when you say Dr. Dick in, uh, ER, but I was, I was always a Romano fan. Like, I know you're not meant to be, but I liked him.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, he was funny, but he was an
0: ass. Oh, absolutely. He was, he was <laughs> and- terrible, but yeah. Yeah, and I'll say I'll say this
1: too because I mean we don't even know when or even if we will ever cover ER, so if we do by the time we get to this people will have forgotten about it. But <laughs> I love the practical joke one of the nurses pulls on him after spoiler alert Romano dies. Mm. Has something to do with a with a fake with a fake will or something that she wrote up it's, for him.
0: Uh, I think we've talked about it before a little bit around him but it is one of the most tragic in your like fuck you in your face deaths I've ever seen in a TV show. For poor, for poor, Doctor Romano. Uh, spoiler alert: if you've not seen ER, but essentially he gets his arm chopped off by a helicopter, which renders him terrified of helicopters. So he goes on the roof to have to transport a patient. He basically freezes in, like, just he sees a helicopter and he's like, fuck no, I can't go on the roof. So he rushes all the way downstairs to the ambulance bay where he's having a panic attack only for the said helicopter to crash on takeoff and then basically fall on top of him and kill him. So, like, if that's not one of the biggest fuck you deaths in a TV show. Um, <laughs> but it's a memorable one. People you can still talk about it. Yeah.
1: Yep, and everybody says that ER just jumped the shark at that point, but, I mean, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that someone could die that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And look, it's a, it's a conversation for another one. I think we kind of talked a lot about ER back mm-hmm. in Season 3, but I am yes, on the argument did. that ER held firm kind of for at least about 12 or 13 seasons. I think it, it was a, it was a lot more of a consistent show than people give it credit for uh for a lot longer than people give it credit for um you know I, I feel as though yeah you sort of get to 13 14 you know you're kind of like okay this show should be ending now but like even they they often talked about it you know not being the same as soon as you know they lost clooney they lost uh, anthony edwards they lost juliana marguerite like you know uh all these other ones Eric are lasalle like you lose your big guns from the beginning I think Noah Wiley did a very good job holding the show for quite some time. And then I think the transition over to, like, you know, Goran Visnjic and, uh, you know, Moretti and all those sort of people, I think they carried it very well. So, uh, yeah, that's ER. I, I would love to. That would definitely be a bucket list, Darvell. The, the only thing was ER, it's 15 seasons. So um, it's a very long <laughs> marathon of a show to commit to. But I would be down for that one day.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. Well, we just bring more people on board. I guarantee you, we'll be able to find some ER
0: fans to join us. Well, I actually recently liked a uh, ER tribute page, which um, I, I don't know if it's run by the same people who do some of the Third Watch stuff, but uh, it has a lot more fans than the Third Watch ones, and has a lot more um, content and a lot more, uh, I guess, feedback on it. So, um, and it's interesting, kind of see a lot of the uh, old school stuff that they're posting. So. Yeah, so anyway, ER coming soon, one day in the year 2025 or something like that. Um, maybe 2024 <laughs> when it comes to the 30th anniversary. We'll. Uh, hey,
1: yeah, that's an idea.
0: Aim for it then, perhaps. Who knows? Anyway, um, Third Watch, we're in the 20th yeah, anniversary Paul of this McCrean. year. Third Watch is the 20th anniversary of this year, by the way, Darvell. I don't know if we've really uh, established that too much, but of course, uh, September 2019, we'll be celebrating 20 years of Third Watch uh, premiering. But, um, yes, we're basically straight into this episode because at the end of last week we had Munro discovering a body in a bin because, why not? Uh, Because somehow, and I know it's kind of addressed in this episode when they're like, you know, this guy has the balls to drop a body in a a bin right outside a cop station. You do have to ask how this is even possible. (laughs) Like, how on earth outside of a busy precinct? Because every time we see the outside of this precinct, it's swarming with cops. And there's a firehouse directly opposite as well. How does somebody manage to dump a body in a in a bin, like a trash bin, like right outside a precinct?
1: Well, I will say right now, you know, this 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 who who this mysterious individual is very you know, definitely very brazen, very uh driven. He studies he studies up on everything regarding not only his kills but how to dispose of the how how to, how to best dispose of the body in the place he wants to mm-hmm. so you know he's it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that he might have been watching the five watching the five five to see when it to see when it's not so busy yeah. before he made the dump
0: Possibly true. That it's a good point, but
1: it's still- I sound like a criminal minds profiler right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, God, we still are basically watching third watch Criminal Minds at the moment, aren't we? So, um, so yes, as we know, this, there's a note attached to this body. You know, Lieutenant Miller um, not going away. Um, we kind of get a weird shot of his eye zooming out, and of course, Jocas. Is there. She's the only detective on duty at the five 5 at the moment, Darvell. Did you know that? No other detectives are on. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> in a busy New York City uh, precinct, only one detective works. So, luckily, uh, the body is dropped right in front of her. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Lieutenant Miller shows up and, you know, he looks very shocked and kind of, he's, uh, you know, even disturbed, I guess, by this find. Uh Cruise is there as well because uh, obviously they're pulled up in the car. And uh, we get the credits, and I think, as I mentioned last week, pretty much all the shots and the credits now are of all new scenes, essentially, from uh, sort of the newer seasons. I've written that on my notes here again. Um, We learn a little bit here from Miller, saying that um, he was... uh, Well, we're about to learn. He's on the phone uh, to, I guess, his former captain. We're going to find out a little bit more about here, that essentially he was transferred. He was having issues with his captain. His captain didn't believe that these killings were all linked. So... um, Sounds like basically the douchiest captain that he was working under at whatever other precinct he was uh, there yeah. um, threatening to go um, public and, you know, saying that you transferred me. Uh, and then Cruz obviously going off at him, you know, saying that, hey, you lied to me, that why you were sent here. And I do love Cruz here, uh, you know, when Miller's basically like, you can go home. And Cruz is like, I can't go home until you say I can. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a valid point. <laughs> the
1: I can't go home until you say I can part. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that is what I was going to say is, you know, she's saying, you know, you lied you lied to me. You told me you were here for oh, okay, never mind. I was thinking the whole IAB thing, but then I remembered but then I remembered he had said he had said I'm here to take over anti-crime.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess kind of... He kind of says, like, it doesn't really matter why I'm here. And I guess he... Oh, no, he does mention, doesn't he, that he kind of got given an assignment when he got transferred. So... I mean, he's technically right. She's technically right. I just like the way she kind of stands up to him, and I kind of also like the way um, we get the introduction here between Yokus and Miller as well, because you know, uh, Jocus is just kind of like, "Who are you?" Yeah. And Miller kind of shoots her down. It's like, "Didn't you just make a detective?" And it's you know, she's all like, "Hey, but you know, yes, I did, but I, you know, I want to know why your name is on my victim." Um, and kind of, I've got to say, like, this again goes back to some of my points from last week. Because the, the continuity here of this episode is that this is what, like, the immediate aftermath of what we had last week, where Yokos had been on the job for, what, two days. And already she's kind of like, Your name's not my victim, you know, I'm Detective yokus Like, love it. Like, I we've been over this. Love Detective yokus But you've just got to kind of analyze this from a perspective, again, on, like, her second, third day, like, She's acting like she's a seasoned veteran now as a detective. So um, it's kind of you've got to analyse this in the time frame of Jesus Christ, Joker. You're you're a fish to water with this detective job, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I would I would say so that she is acting like a seasoned that she is acting like a seasoned veteran when she really is a newbie. Mm. But I mean, you got you got to give her credit for the confidence too.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. For her confidence. And one thing here's a he's one of these random moments where I like to praise somewhat of what season six does is that I like what we get with Jocus and Miller here because I think what is done with these two is. It's, I think you're kind of meant to believe slightly that there's a little bit going on here between these two, but it's never like shoved down your throat. And then, you know, without trying to be too spoilerific, but we kind of get a bit of an answer to that in the finale. Um, and because Miller, like, let, he's not going to be in, like, he, this week and next week. He, that's it. He's in, that's done. And then he will be in the finale. Yeah. And I think Yeah, I was gonna say we don't even see him after next week, do no, we? No, this is like these are his final two episodes. But this is what I kind of like, is that in some aspects I feel I should be complaining about this because, you know, oh he just disappears and all of a sudden we're meant to believe that these two are an item. But I kind of think it's I like it. Like, it's it's a weird thing that I like, that they come back to the finale and bring this back, considering we have, what, a 16-episode gap. Whereas I'm sure, like, the casual viewer of Third Watch couldn't even fucking remember who this guy is when you see him in the little, uh, you know, uh montage at the end of this show. So, yeah, I kind of like what they do. It's a weird thing. And it's and it's like, going back to what we are talking about last season with Munro and Davis, like, there, there's a way you can do kind of subtleness about two people potentially coming together without it being shoved down your throat and kind of feeling awkward yeah. as well. And I think kind of there's just enough between these two. Inter- they've got good chemistry. Aidan Quinn and Molly Price have good chemistry. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm glad they didn't go down a route with Jokus this season of, now that she's divorced, she's on the prowl. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah but, um, yeah. but I like this introduction between these two and kind of we're going to get a bit of them working, obviously, this episode. Uh, We're in a random bar, Finney's got a bunch of friends, because of course he does, he's Finney. Um, This is the most popular bar in town apparently, and so is Finney. And just of course, who who happens to be at this bar? It's everybody's favourite It's Grace! It's Grace! Meh, 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 (laughs) meh. Who, you know, why wouldn't she be at the same bar as Finney? And uh, you know, he sees her, starts um flirting with her, you know, your name is Grace Foster, uh she's all like, Hey, you can buy me a drink and you know, oh look at these two young, attractive people that are gonna be having some fun in a bathroom in a minute. Um and then we have Carlos <laughs> knocking on Holly's door and I, I love I've got to say this, but this episode's great for the Holly Carlos stuff. <laughs> just the way yes. Carlos is kind of showing up to basically saying like, look, we're not going to date. Like, I don't even like you. Like, we, you know, we're going to end this. And just Holly's reaction is just like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come in and talk about this? <laughs> and Carlos is like, no, we're not going to date. We're not going to date. No, that's okay. Just come in and talk about this. And then finally, he's just like, Okay, I can kindly stay for a few minutes. Like, again, we establish this every single week. These two have to have chemistry. They're married in real life. But, like, it's just so great, the back and forth. And the way just Holly's look on <laughs> her face, the way she's just essentially like, mm-hmm, yep, sure, Carlos, come inside. Uh, so, <laughs> you've got to love this You know, stuff. the
1: way... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the way they develop these two as far as their relationship goes, the two characters, Carlos and Holly, mm. I can't help wondering... If this is how it went with Anthony and Yvonne in real life. If yeah. this is ha- I like like I wonder if <laughs> I don't know why, but I could see this happening. Like I wonder if not gonna not gonna say when this occurs in the season or it when this occurs in the season, but I wonder if at the moment he just at the moment Anthony decided to propose to Yvonne, if he actually said, damn it, Yvonne will you marry me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think did I I feel like I asked that question to one of them when I interviewed them. Possibly. Uh, you can tell I remember my interviews, but um yeah, people maybe that's maybe I do this deliberately to our listeners. So even the listeners are like, Hey yeah, did he ask that? Maybe I'll have to go back and listen to it. Maybe I'm just a very smart podcast host to make people listen to them. So, you know, possibly. Um but no, I'm actually very forgetful. But yeah, no, I, I could see that happening <laughs> in real life too. Um Miller and Jokas, meanwhile, are having a conversation. We get a bit of a background on kind of Miller's history with this uh, killer and why mm-hmm. there's a note on this uh, victim. So uh, Miller says that this body is going to be completely drained of blood. They've had four of these bodies show up in the last few months um, and that this is the first time that there's been a note left. There's never any print, never any evidence. Um, and, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, there's never been a note before, so maybe this uh, person's kill- uh, slipping up. Um, I do love the fact here that Yokos admits that, oh, I'm a bit over my head here. Well, five seconds ago, you're not. Um, and then straight away, she tells, like, the crime scene investigators, we're going to need you to vouch every single piece of rubbish in that trash. Like, those poor guys, like, the glamour of the NYPD. Uh, and they're going to literally go through every single individual piece of trash. Um, like, holy crap, they'd be rethinking their career right then, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um,. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I want to know who these guys are. There's, like, two of them. These poor, random crime scene. Because, like, you know, we've got criminal... Maybe this is their little subtle dig at CSI. Like, oh, hey, audience, I know we're being a bit criminal-mindsy at the moment, but this is fuck you to CSI, because they're to go through every piece of trash.
1: <laughs> Which the CSIs have done who knows how many times.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um... So, we go back to um, the bar where Finney and Grace, because we've just been dying to know what's been happening with them, they're flirting still and there's family business and adrenaline being mentioned. Um, I don't know, like, there's really not a whole lot to say. They're about to fuck everybody, like.
1: No. this This is,
0: I have to say, like, going back to my last week conversation or wherever I was talking about Josh Stewart yeah. and being unable to read him. And there are just moments where he just, I just don't think he can act in this show, but he's kind of just got that face again that I feel I talked about a few weeks ago, but he's just, he just looks so blank in this conversation with Grace. Like Cara Bueno has got, you know, emotion on her face. She's happy. She's smiling. He just kind of looks like a robot in this scene. Like I am in the family business. <laughs> Like, you are hot, Grace. Uh, I don't know. Do you think so Josh Stewart is a robot? Fuck. No,
1: I do not think he is. I do not sure? think Josh Stewart is a robot. Um, One thing I do know is that he has quite a name to live up to, and maybe that's why he lacks emotional facial expressions and delivery. Good.
0: Darvel Stewart, the most, the best impersonator on the show. That's good Sully. He does a perfect Josh Stewart. Um, but we, we were in Holly and Carlos's apartment. I, I do love the way they kind of set this up. So we've got this great camera shot basically starting from the ceiling and it just sweeps all the way through Holly's apartment. We literally see every single inch of Holly's apartment. We see out the window, we see candles, and all we're hearing is Carlos talking and, you know, Carlos you know, say, so like, I guess I like you. You're kind of strange and just having this great conversation. And I love that bit when he's saying, like, you know, Davis thinks I'm annoying. He goes off at me because I put a sock on and a shoe. A sock on and a shoe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, you hear him sneezing about how many cats that she has because you know it's kind of i guess we're believing at this point they're just sitting on a chair sitting on a couch or something like that and eventually the camera kind of makes its way all the way to the bedroom and here is carlos and holly in bed naked together with cats laying on top of them they've had sex um, so carlos saying that i'm not looking for a relationship it's not a you thing it's really a me thing and then again, Holly doesn't seem to give a fuck. Classic just, guy line. She just kisses him, uh, which again, it's a great setup for these two. Um, so good. Um, and then it's intertwined with the fact that we cut back to the bar where uh, Finney's taking a leak. Someone's banging at the door. He gets angry, and Grace comes in and basically goes down on him, and they fuck. So,
1: yeah. Uh, well, I hope he. I hope he. I hope he. Wa- I hope he washed it off first. Well. Considering he just got done taking a leak.
0: Well, actually, you never see him do that. Actually, that's a very good point.
1: I think that's the wow. hardest.
0: I've made you laugh. I think. I think Grace is. We're discovering a fetish of Grace's here. Um, that's kind of disturbing.
1: <laughs> yeah, she likes going down on guys who have just finished. Taking leaks.
0: She likes a bit of the pee-pee on the side side, apparently. Uh- <laughs> huh, that she should get with R. Kelly. Or oh, well, Donald Trump, apparently. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Wow, I've never noticed that before. And can I just point out, this is said by a blind man, everyone, and he pointed this out. Good job. <laughs> um <laughs> oh man <laughs> you know you're doing well on a podcast when a I... blind man points out something glaringly in your face um, good job Ben uh...
1: <laughs> well like well you said it yourself that we don't we don't we don't we don't see him we don't see him we don't see him like wash, wash it off wash but, his... then, but then but he's but who not... does
0: that though like who goes we're men like we wash our hands most of us I've been in public bathrooms and people don't sometimes but like it's like we shake it off Ah, uh, but we don't exactly rip yeah. it out and stick it in the sink and turn on the cold tap and go, like better wash my cock, like it's not kind <laughs> of. Hell.
1: No, you're right. You're right. We don't. But <laughs> maybe I, we I should. I was just saying that. <laughs> yeah, especially if you know you've got a. Especially if you know you if you know you got a girl on the if you know you got a girl out there who's who's trying to who's trying to fuck. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, look, who knows? Anyway, um, so good for them. Uh, meanwhile, they have found a purse in the, uh, the trash. Jokus reads out the name from the purse, uh, so we know who this girl is now. Uh, we also see uh, a dark, sinister van watching them in the distance, which drives off. Uh, but can I just point out, like, the old cliche in TV shows and movies, why are bad guys always in dark vans? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> every time I see a dark van somewhere parked, I assume someone's bad's in it. Like, can't it be parked in, like, a bright pink Volkswagen Beetle? Like, I mean, you know, no one's going to no anticipate that there's a freaking serial killer sitting in the bright pink Beetle. So, <laughs> just FYI. Or a,
1: bri- or a bright pink or a bright pink Corvette or (laughs) Mercedes-Benz or something.
0: It's kind of like undercover cops who pull you over. They're always like in a brand new sort of, you know, vehicle with hidden lights that can flash. And you can kind of always, I always look at sort of these new vehicles, sedan-type cars, and go, that's probably an undercover cop. Like, if I'm an undercover cop, can't you drive around in like a shitty old Datsun or some piece of hunk like Toyota that's like, you know, made in the 70s that's really shit? Because at what point is anybody going to understand that that's an undercover cop? (laughs) <laughs> so, they're not Exactly um, Isn't the point of being undercover to be, you know, not detected So, anyway um, yeah. We find out that this girl was going home um, She has bus tickets or everything in there I'm not too sure um, Roll call the next morning um, uh, uh, Swirsky's talking about how the body dumped uh, Was uh, the body dumped outside there That people are going to be talked to about this um, They've got to canvass everyone in the area Finney straight away is like, "I'll take care of the firehouse." <laughs> uh, we know why. Wonder why. Um, speaking of the firehouse, both Grace and Holly are uh, incredibly happy. Uh, I do love Carlos here. If you either of you start singing, uh, I'll jump out the window. Um, and maybe one of oh, my
1: funny. Funniest- oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh man, that was a. That was another quote. I, that was another quote I was thinking of using because uh, I, I couldn't help but laugh at that.
0: I do. I think the funniest bit here, though, is when um, Carlos is kind of going up to Holly and is sort of like, you know, like, "Hey, I told you to keep it quiet." And then she's like, "Whatever you say, lover." And then he kind of just walks off, and then Holly just sits down at the table with all the other firefighters and just like, "We're seeing each other." <laughs> I just love no fucks given, Holly. Like this is my favorite part of this season. Maybe in general, it's just you know the fact that Yvonne Jung robbed of being a main star this season. But just Holly, I I just appreciate her so much more every time I watch this season. I fucking love Holly, and she's just so yes. so funny in this scene. Like we're seeing each other. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, Man. We've got our creepy guy in his van uh watching some young girl crossing the street and all we see is a pair of hands tapping on a <laughs> steering wheel with a sinister ring. <gasps> da, da, da. Um meanwhile, Yokus is studying knots and Jelly's going off about not being coffee. Uh not they're not being coffee and I do love the way that uh you know Yokus is just ignoring him and then kind of uh Jelly's like the coffee and then Yokus is like what? No, I just had some. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Yoko's starting in knots uh, Miller comes in and hands a box to Jokas of uh, Some old, I guess, case notes for her to go through Look, at, look with fresh eyes uh, And then, you know, she's going to go to the morgue with Miller as well So, um, yeah, I kind of like, you know, again These two sort of, uh, I guess, hitting it off We've got a random scene of our uh, creepy guy in a van Watching some kids So, cool uh, Munro talking to Cruz now. Uh, and then this is where Cruz is kind of saying, like, you know, oh, Miller's off my ass now. Oh, I thought Miller was the plant. Um, and then, you know, Cruz is all like, careful who you talk to, there's a rat in the house. Um, and just like, this is one of those cringy scenes. Because going back to when we talked about a few weeks ago, how they've revealed Munro as being the the rat, and, you know, we know that she's the rat, and it's just these moments of like, oh, isn't it awkward that Cruz wonders who the rat is, yet she's standing right with them? Like, Eh, it's just on the nose. They don't do it well. We've gone over this. Have we? Do we <laughs> need to add anything more to this?
1: A qu- yeah, yeah. We've we've ripped into we've ripped into that just about every epi- in just about every episode since the second episode of this season. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did you reveal it that early?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Cruz kind of in the next couple of episodes. Like it's it's interesting how I have talked about Cruz is like redeemed this season in some aspects, but Cruz kind of goes missing for the next few episodes, doesn't she? Doesn't have a lot to do. Uh, kind of, now that yeah. we've got, now that the, our, you know, lead here is Yokus' as detective, which again, I'm not complaining about, kind of, Cruz just doesn't really have a lot to do, kind of, moving forward. So, um, I don't really feel we get a lot of Cruise until the second half of the season now, because, you know, after sort of the next couple of weeks, we're going to really switch focus to the whole Davis's father storyline, and, you know, Cruise doesn't have a whole lot to do with that, so... Um. Yeah. For for those who hate Cruz and are kind of you know wondering how on earth she's going to be redeemed this season. Um. Who I feel is already being redeemed this season. I guess she goes to jail for like an episode or two. But outside of her going to jail, <laughs> forgetting that slight storyline there of Cruz going to jail, Ben. Um. But outside of that, she's kind of a bit quiet, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Anyway, spoiler alert: Cruz goes to jail. Uh so uh we've got uh we've got Carlos talking with Grace. Um and I do kind of like Carlos going off at Grace here and basically like don't ask me about my personal life. Don't ask me who I slept with. And then Grace is like slept with. Um, so they take a call. <laughs> uh they've got a situation they've got to go to. Meanwhile Finny goes to the firehouse wants to see Grace. He questions uh Holly And uh, Holly sort of says, you know, oh, don't know about Carlos. Carlos was at my house last night. And then sort of Davis's reaction and Finney, you know, who's Carlos? Oh, he's my roommate. Um, So, you know, kind of a nice little uh, scene there, bonding again still between Carlos. Sorry, uh, Davis and Finney. Grace and uh, Carlos show up to this scene. And this is where we get random storyline of the week. Like, I don't know how I feel about this storyline because it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And I guess kind of situations like this come out of nowhere. Maybe that's the point. But it's kind of yeah. like our paramedics are just the the, com- the comedic value of this season. So let's give them a serious storyline every day. So they come along to this site and uh, there's a guy there calling for help. And then all of a sudden another guy rocks up and points a gun at them and holds them hostage. So I don't know how I feel about this whole storyline because this basically leads into... Um, I guess Carlos saying that a cop car is going to be showing up. They want the drugs from the ambulance. Um, They want the keys off Grace to open it up. So some guy gets a bit rapey and fills her up. Carlos tries to defend her. Uh, Carlos gets hit in the head again. Grace wants to... I'm just going to go through the storyline quickly now, by the way. I know I'm sort of jumping around a bit. Yeah. Um, Grace uh, tries to stand up to it. Uh, meanwhile, they get a... Uh, Davis and Finney show up because they find out where there was a call... Um, that they still want to see Grace. So just, you know, how convenient that they want to talk to Grace. And basically they show up at the right time. There's a standoff. uh, Grace telling him to shoot, uh, Finny to shoot them. Dave is trying to calm the situation down. It all ends with her shot. With um, Finny basically getting a great shot and shooting uh, the guy holding a gun to Grace's head. And there's a lot of slow-mo. There's a lot of blood. I just... I just feel like I need to rush through that storyline because it's kind of just like, hey everyone, here's a random storyline about the paramedics getting held hostage and I I feel like it's a similar thing to what we've talked about in so many other episodes. Like, have this in a different episode and have this the focus of the episode. Like, the focus of this episode is about Miller and Joke is chasing down this serial killer. I just don't feel we need this in this episode. I don't know. It's just it's just odd. I mean, I
1: I liked it because, you know, you know there was definitely the there was definitely the tension there and it was nice to see some tension on that side of the tracks for lack of a better word mm-hmm. or better phrasing as well. So to speak. Um, and you know, I did kind of like the part where, you know, the, one of the two guys was, 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 fe- was, was feeling grace up and then she whacked him away. Like that's far enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that, but yeah, but yeah, you're, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from too. That that this would have been a better fit for another for another episode, you know, a storyline all by itself. But then, haven't we seen that before? We saw that last season.
0: Yeah, you're with
1: right.
0: Doc. You're right. And like, it's just tricky. Like, this is where I don't want to say I hate it because I don't despise it. It just it just feels odd in this episode because it's kind of like. I like the fact that Carlos stands up and, like, you know, gets hit in the head, as you were saying. Like, you know, stands up to protect Grace. And, but just the the oddness, the oddness about it is that, because we kind of, I don't understand what they're trying to do with Grace and Finny. It's like, they've hooked up in a bathroom, and next minute, Grace is now going to be shitty with Finny, and he's going to be like, oh, it was just a few minutes in a bathroom, get over yourself. Like, it's kind of... It's odd. And I don't want to speak out a turn and turn around and say, like, oh, that just to me sums up women that they're into it one minute and then they change their mind on a person next and go off. Hey, with we're the, man. the ones
1: who are accused of that.
0: <laughs> uh, in all fairness, I'm allowed to say that because on the flip side of things, Darvell's right. Men get accused of that too, and men do the same thing too. It's both genders do it. Um, but it's just, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do because almost Finney and Grace go Uh, quiet now for a long period of time. Don't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I think it is her, her outburst at the hospital. Um, I, I think I, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that, and say that she's still really rattled from what it, from what had just transpired because you see her. I don't know if it's the scene before or a few scenes before you see her. You see her crying in the bathroom, so you know that she's 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 rattled from what had just happened. Anyone would
0: be. And look, yeah, I, anyone right, would I, be. I don't want to take away from that situation because I mean that's a very harrowing situation. I mean she's completely vulnerable to this guy who's got a gun to her and like he's just going way over the line by filling her up and just being incredibly disgusting and inappropriate. And like I I can't never and i hope to never personally had that happen to me or understand what that's like because i wouldn't Same wish that on here. anyone it's it's a terrible situation so yeah you're right like she's obviously suffering from this so I, I i guess i'll backtrack and say i'm not trying to be an asshole to victims of things like that who should straight away be into a guy they had sex with a, a day or so ago but i guess it's just i find it an odd situation that they do this so quickly Basically, because uh, I think that's next week, isn't it, in terms of her reaction? But I mean, it's basically happening on the same day or the same 24 hours or so. Um, right. Because, like, I, I, don't- I mean, the, the only oh, thing I can put it down sorry, to, on. the only thing I can probably put it down to is kind of how we've talked about this season's a bit of a two halves. Like, I, uh, we've assumed that we, we know when this show was cancelled, but I would assume that they've gotten the news that they're being cancelled maybe about the midway point of this season. So, therefore, at this point, perhaps they're thinking we haven't got a full season run yet. We might be ending the show halfway through this season. I don't know. So they're kind of trying to set things up with Miller and Yoko. They're trying to set things up with Grace and Finney, thinking that, oh, we might end after 11 episodes so we can kind of tie this up in five episodes time. Um, And that's why then, you know, they kind of get through the Davis's father storyline and maybe they're thinking that's what we can end third watch with. And then it's like, boom, you've got a green light for another 11 episodes. So therefore that's why there's such a two halves of this season, if that makes sense. So maybe that's where it gets lost in all the shuffle. So they're trying to set something up with Grace and Finney, thinking it's going to be concluded a little bit earlier, but then we're going to have a bit of a gap in between it. So that's just my guess. If I had to say why there's like a bit of a weirdness about why this seems to be wrapped up so quickly and then not visited again to a lot later on in this season. But I don't know. I didn't write the show. That's just a a random guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this about the moment when, about the moment when, when the when you know davis and finney show up and there's the standoff and then the gunshot i kind of thought it was the slow-mo the slow-mo thing the Mm. the slow-mo aspect of it and (laughs) believe me even i can tell when something's in slow motion just because it it's it not only would it look slower to you but it sounds Mm, slower mm to me Mm -hmm. um and it was just so, it was just so drawn out. The slow-mo, I thought it was just, I thought this whole slow-mo thing was a, it was a bit too, it was too much.
0: Yeah, and no, I agree. I think, and it's, it, it is it is one of these things where slow-mo can be used very effectively and slow-mo can be used weirdly and slow-mo can be used terribly. I think this is a weird one. I'm I'm with you. Like, it's, I see what they're trying to do, but it's kind of like, eh, it's a bit hammy. Um, and, like... This is the thing with this season, which I've mentioned a few times, how I feel like it's it's shot differently this season. I don't know if they use different cameras. They deliberately went for a different way of shooting this show because there is almost a dark tint to the way this show. Like, it's, it doesn't feel as... Not that Third Watch is ever a bright show, but, like, it's just the way they go out of their way to kind of put almost a different lens on this show this season. So... And I don't know if that just comes to style or kind of how it all, you know, came about or maybe they changed, you know, it was around about this time, things like HD were getting brought in and I know this show was never done in HD, but I, I, don't, I really don't know. I guess it's just... And subtle things like that are done in a different way and, yeah, so... And I think this is a, the only episode in the first six episodes that we don't have a proper montage as well. Can I just point that out, just randomly reading my notes? So, um, yeah, um just saying that. But, yeah, no, like, you're right. The slow-mo stuff, it's a bit weird, but... Uh, I've kind of just gone over all that sort of shootout bit and we'll sort of visit a little bit after that when we get there, but sort of backtracking yeah. some of the stuff that's happening in between the shootout. Yokus um, is in the morgue um, and the guy basically confirms uh, what Miller said, that she was completely drained of blood. Uh, and then we find out the person who is been doing this has medical experience. So that kind of uh, gives us a bit of a clue, doesn't it? Like, again, going back to how we keep saying this is like Criminal Minds or CSI, like... I know, you know, when I first started watching CSI when it first came out, because everyone watched CSI when it first came out, like the year two thousand, because yep. it was the biggest show on television. Um, yep. You know, they do th- the shows like that. You sort of your week to week serialized show. They do that well, don't they? Where they kind of always give you little clues, and you have kind of got to guess who it is. Like that's that's the point of these shows. Uh, but like, yeah. I do like how they're trying to do this with Third Watch because, yeah, it's not like Third Watch has never done this before and try to kind of get you guessing about who did it that. But uh, they've never relied on it. Whereas, like, this time around, they're really relying on it. Like, they did that a lot last week. And then kind of this sort of two-episode arc, they get you to really do it this this two episodes. So just little subtle things, you know, that we're obviously hearing that uh, this person's going to have medical experience. Um, Meanwhile, this then cuts to basically we see a guy in, like, scrubs, handing out candy. All we see is, like, a hand and some um, hands taking candy. They look like elderly people's hands. So we've got to assume he works in, like, a, a nursing home because then we actually see a shot of a couple of elderly elderly people. We get a woman calling him away, and all we do is we just see a shot of his feet, and we don't see his face at all. Um, so he kind of walks away. Um... We've got Miller now staring into the eye and sort of saying, you know, they used to say that if you stared into the eye, you'll see the last thing that they saw kind of just, you know, one of these bits where he's just trying to question and everything. Um, Davis, I will say just quickly because Davis is about to go out and see Grace, but this is where um, Davis... And Finney talk about the fact that Finney did Grace, uh, <laughs> that Davis is doing um, Monroe. I, I like this. Yeah. I like I like the bromance again of this. Like I talk about the Finney Davis bromance. I think it's good for Davis. So yeah, I do like just this little bit of them being like, yeah, man, like you go us. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, Miller uh, is in the car with Jokas. Um He's basically uh, telling her about uh, some of the other victims. Um, and then, you know, so I was talking about this little Becky girl and then Yoko saying she's got a daughter about this girl's age. Um, and then we find out that Miller's wife was sleeping with a dentist and left him and couldn't even sleep with an orthodontist so that their kids could um, get braces. I do like that line. Um, yeah. So they get a phone call here. Um, they're getting no <clears> luck <throat> in their hunt for people and kind of their Miller and Jokas are talking about how they're due for some luck um you know coming through with that soon uh so a nice little bonding moment between these two in the car of course uh yes. Jokas and Miller get back to the station we meet a young girl who wants to talk to Jokas, saying that the girl who was killed was a friend um and that she saw who took him uh, took her sorry uh, so we're gonna get some questioning here with that. Um, then if I just, we've got the shootout there, boom, the guy's dead. Uh, but now they're questioning this girl, and basically she's saying that the cops who she spoke to, saying that a friend got taken, believe she was a prostitute, um, and that they didn't believe her, and saying that her friend would be coming back soon, um, with, uh, after she's finished with his John, her John, or something like that. Like, yeah, terrible, dick cop, whoever that was. (laughs) Yeah. So... She she mentions that she saw she saw a guy hit her and drag into a van because uh, a guy had puppies um, and that all she has in information is a van and then she says that the guy was wearing uh, things that the the green things that doctors wear um, obviously scrubs so yes that's kind of the breakthrough and another breakthrough all of a sudden through the trash uh, search they found a soda can with some prints on it. So, um, that's going yes. to to a breakthrough, isn't it, Davil? Will it? Will it? We will find out. Maybe uh, with uh, the postness, the post nature of what happened to Carlos and everything like that. Carlos is in the ambulance and <laughs> that's his line when he's talking to Grace. I can't keep getting hit on the head all the time, <laughs> which, you know, like it's kind of just that trope this season of Carlos getting hit in the head. It's just a thing that happens. Um, but he's talking it's nice with... to actually, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I-, I was, I was just going to say, it's nice to actually have a scene inside the ambulance again.
0: Yeah. It's been a while since we've had one of those. Uh, and Carlos talking a little bit about Holly. So the kind of him getting hit in the head is uh, making him believe that he likes Holly. So I don't know what that says about having to <laughs> like Holly. Like you only like it because you get hit in the head. Like <laughs> That's a bit mean, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Anthony, you have some explaining to do.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yoko's um, and Miller are on the computer. So the prints basically belong to a sex offender guy who um, they've got an address for and everything. So SWAT show up to this house. They uh, grab this guy um, and they arrest him, uh, some long-haired, creepy-looking guy. Uh, and while they arrest him on TV, we actually see Miller's on TV. So uh, there you go. Oh, no, sorry. This is we're cutting to um, the guy in the scrubs. Who we realize has kidnapped another girl, uh, I should say. And, um, or has he kidnapped another girl? No, he hasn't done that yet. He's, he's in his, um, no. I guess, apartment or his, his warehouse where he kidnaps girls. And this is where he's watching the TV and sees Miller. Uh, and then on TV, Miller's talking about how they've arrested another guy who they believe is uh, related to this murder that's happened outside the precinct. And uh, our guy who uh, we don't know yet, uh, seeing in the scrubs, he's angry, so he pushes a TV off the desk because he was so mad. Uh, and meanwhile, our long-haired friend, the sex offender guy, is being questioned about doing this uh, job, about being the murderer, and uh, basically we find out that he is on parole. He's got to check-in every, what, day or every week, And that uh, he did, he was at the precinct yesterday. He was there checking in, and he just happened to be drinking a can of soda. So it was a massive, massive coincidence. Uh, Which I think is, I actually think that's a pretty good red herring. I kind of like the way they do that because it makes complete sense. Um, Yes. And then, sort of interchange with this uh, situation where he's being interrogated, we see our uh, mysterious person in green scrubs with a puppy who then walks up to a house with a young girl, knocks on the door. And this girl, apparently, like I'm, 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 I'm not one to victim blame, but come on, if a guy, a random guy, knocks on your door with a puppy and says, "Hey, see my dark van down there? I've got a whole lot of other puppies. Do you want to come and see them?" I ain't leaving the house.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, again, I was wondering which I was wondering which one of us was gonna was going to bring that up first. I, like, at the time at the time of this episode it's 2004 at Mm -hmm. the time we're recording this it's 2019 that is one of the oldest tricks in the book and people still fall for that
0: yeah exactly and like it's just again not trying to victim blame but i'm sorry love you've got a part blame in this situation like maybe your parents do maybe they didn't tell you what stranger danger is but like i mean come on i grew up in the 90s and one of the things we're told is like, oh, if a van pulls up to you and a stranger offers you candy, like say no. And like, you know, again this is like nineteen ninety four. Like ten years before this episode even aired. Like, come on. Like yep, whoa, same, I've just same got some with puppies me. in my randomly sinister looking black van down there, young girl. Wanna come have a look? Okay.
1: <laughs> yep, same same with me. I grew up I grew up hearing hearing about that too, you know. Don't don't take don't take candy from strangers if they ask for if someone pulls up and asks you for directions somewhere don't mm-hmm. don't go up to their vehicle sinister looking van or not um <laughs> i have to ask is that is did they really tell you did they really tell you if it's a dark if it's a dark looking van specifically well, no, like, or were you just sorry. or were you just throwing that out there because just that's throwing that out like it was just,
0: it was the general like just if a car pulls up and like, even if they offer you candy or something like that, like don't do it. Like stranger danger. <laughs> so yep.
1: and I mean, we think we had it we had it bad in terms of stranger danger. I'd hate to think of what the of what the of what the children of today are being told with regards oh, yeah. to that.
0: But like you got it. Like even like if somebody just came to your house and was like, "Hey, I've got a puppy. What do you think?" I'm just gonna be like. Okay. I
1: think you better get the fuck off my doorstep or I'm gonna kill you.
0: Cool bro, what do you want? Like <laughs> I don't, don't like this girl's dumb. I'm sorry, she's dumb. <laughs> I'm not gonna say she deserved to get kidnapped, but I'm loosely putting no it out there that maybe she did deserve to get kidnapped when she's that dumb. Like <laughs> Her parents have got some blame in this too, all right? Like her parents didn't teach her well enough. Not victim blaming blaming, but come on. <laughs> anyway, Carlos is in hospital. <laughs> He's got a bandage around his head. Um, and, yeah, this is when uh, Finny and... Uh, no, so this is actually Grace. So this is where I get confused again, too, with the Grace and Finny stuff. Because Grace initially thanks Finny, and then Finny's initially awkward with Grace, and he just walks off. So this is then going to lead to Grace being awkward with Finny next week. So this is where I'm kind of confused about the, this, too. Like, uh I don't know. Anyway, I just yeah. <laughs> need to <clears throat> clarify what's going on there. And then um, we have Yokos and Miller. Uh, this is where they're obviously saying, you know, it wasn't him. It wasn't this guy. And then we overhear somebody shouting in the lobby. There's a commotion going on down there. And, oh, look, it's TV and movies. Chris Elliott, um, he's in this uh, episode. I wonder who he is. And this is where we find out that he is the serial killer because he's basically going off and saying like her name is Tara Connolly she's going to die in 16 hours I'm sick of waiting for you like come on now like you got to do this uh, Miller's look on his face is just great. Aiden Quinn, good facial acting, and then we kind of uh, zoom into uh, some sheets. Plus, it kind of looks like Dexter's uh, little lair when he used to kill people in Dexter. We see a jar getting drained of blood, and the camera pans up over the top of this girl, and we get one of the weirdest endings I think in any third watch episode. Because not only does this camera zoom in on this girl, she looks directly into the camera when it zooms into it. So it's kind of it's it's freaky in aspects because her eyes look get black. And then just, it's just odd the way they zoom in on this girl's eye and then go fade to black to be continued. Um, I've, it's maybe the oddest ending to a third. It it works. Like I agree. It works though. I think, I don't know. I almost feel you could just end on Chris Elliott going off. I feel like you don't need this bit, but it does work though. It's just odd. I just don't know how I feel about it. But yeah, that's how we end this episode.
1: Yep. I mean, whether it's with whether it's you know with chris elliott ranting and raving and coming off like a lunatic or 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 it's showing or it's showing tara at the very end like i said at the very top of this episode unlike the other unlike the cliffhangers before and the cliffhanger that we will get spoiler alert at the end of next episode this one no matter how you slice it it works
0: yeah yeah i i would agree with that um and we're going to see how much it works. So Darvel, what are you going to do with this episode? Uh, buy it, rent right it, spin it? I am actually going to buy this episode. Okay, there you go. Interesting.
1: Yeah, because yeah, because I um, the the develop the the development the the chemistry that we tw- that we see between between Miller and between Miller and yokis the whole yeah, this comes off as very CSI-ish, very Criminal Minds-ish, but. I'm gonna say it right. I'm gonna say it right now. Just for, just for, just for, even though Chris Elliott is of course the guest star here, I'm gonna have to. I, I will give him, and I will do this next episode as well. I will give him major, major, major props because he sells this character. Mm. He sells it very, very well. I think. So, yeah, I have to give him a lot of praise for that. So, and and of course the. I do like the, <laughs> even though it's even though it's uh, started and then over just as quickly. I do like the 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 hostage situation with Grace and Carlos. Even though I kind of put off by how insanely slow mo mm-hmm. the killing of the guy was, but yeah, overall pretty pretty solid episode for. Con- considering considering the season so yeah look a buy for me
0: you i'm gonna i'm renting it um i don't i can't disagree with what you're saying though i think that you make very valid points i just i there's just something about it that feels a bit like where it's kind of like last week where it's just it's swaying too much away from the third watch formula and again i i know that i've always said i kind of look at this outside of the spectrum of it and it's kind of its own different beast but i don't know like I appreciate next week's better, maybe because it's purely because of Chris Elliott's so good in it. But um, this week, I mean, I don't know. I just I think it's a bit random with the the shooting storyline. There's just some stuff about it, which I just, you know, I can't put it any higher than a rent. And I'm just looking here at my ratings. And, of course, I've ranked up to 118 episodes. That's up to the eighth episode this season. So I've actually got this at 108 out of 118. So it's the third lowest rent I've got um and the second lowest rated episode of this season apparently so i mean like, again i'm not trying to say i hate this episode but it's just uh, it's it's just an episode like it's it's one that i'm not gonna ever go out of my way to be like hey i really need to watch the hunter hunted again like i i prefer next week and even then look at my rating i haven't ranked it that much higher next week so um yeah but look you know it's it's not terrible so and again i just think that shows no The fact that, so I'm looking at my list, out of 118 episodes that I've ranked, I've only binned 8 episodes, so 110 episodes. The 110th episode out of 118 so far that I've ranked is still a rent. So, and I'm pretty sure in Nip Tuck to this point, uh, I hadn't quite, in terms of the percentage, I'd binned a few more. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's where we're at at this point. Uh, but next week, greatest Texas in the world, uh, which again is essentially the next part to this one, and it's kind of it's it's a, almost a long drawn out interrogation episode. But I think look, Chris Elliott owns this episode, and I actually I like the twist. I like how they kind of go about solving this crime. It's one yes, that, it's one that when you watch it again, it's kind of obvious. But I remember watching this for the first time, having no clue like how they did it and it's very clever. So uh, that I think it gives a props. But yeah, I, I actually like the name of this episode. I think, I don't often talk about names of episodes, but um, I've never noticed that on the NYPD sort of shield or the, the banner that they have in their precinct, they've got a thing underneath the detective section saying the greatest detectives in the world. And I've seen this in other shows and, TV and movies as well. It's not just a third watch thing. So uh, I do like the fact that they kind of have that uh, as their episode title
1: yeah because it' definite because it definitely definitely fits. you know, I always wonder how they come up with these episode titles
0: because
1: mm. some of them really, really work, and that's well, with, for any TV show
0: yeah we we I think there was back in the day we kind of always try to work out how they came up with the episode title. And I think we kind of forgot to do that, but there are definitely some episodes where it, there is a stretch. you're like, how the hell did they come up with that episode title? but then there are others which are like very obvious so uh um, oh you,
1: you and you and Brandy tried to do that,
0: yeah, I remember there was like back in the, I think in season one we did a lot of it, and I think i I remember you and I vaguely every now and then would do it, but um, you know, like you you've got like you kind of you go back to um. Uh, Ohio, one of my favorite episodes, and you kind of, you've got to really stretch the the mind. I love that episode. Where they call it that. And then, you know, uh, just, but even the subtleness about some of the ones, like, you know, you think Journey to the Himalayas, like it's a subtle conversation in the middle of that episode. Um, You know, Just Another Night at the Opera, just like, you know, little clever things that they do. Um, to kind of call these things epi- the, the names of episodes. So um, yeah, it's ben, interesting ben. on a show like Third Watch where, you know, there are obviously shows out there where they kind of stick to a formula with episode titles. Like Friends was obviously always known as, you know, the one with, the one with. That's what they called it. You know, the Big Bang Theory kind of always has sort of a sciencey sounding episode. You know, 24 just had the time. So, like, you know, there are definitely shows where they kind of stick to a formula of episode titles. But for the ones that don't, like, it's, it's often it's interesting how they come up with the names of them.
1: Yeah. yeah, and like like the episode that I always think of in terms of third watch that the first one that comes to mind in terms of thinking oh yeah, this title definitely fits um the price of nobility. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. that that
1: definitely fits because it shows the price of no it shows the price it shows the price of that on all sides, you know, with with Faith, with Alex, with r.i.p. Alex and r.i.p. Lieutenant Johnson and all that
0: yeah one thing I'll quickly say before we uh, close it out just reading the synopsis on Wikipedia for next week's episode this is literally what it says Yerkes and Miller are working against the clock Finney's father barges in at the hospital that's it
1: <laughs> well that's really all that happens yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> true still still doesn't beat the one that we, we get to episode 17 Faith noise a vampire. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: You are going to keep talking about that until we actually um, get there, aren't you?
0: Come on. It's the third Watch episode. with <laughs> Vampires as a storyline. God's sakes. Um. Anyway, uh, next week we're we'll back. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to all the relevant channels. We're, of course, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever good podcasts are downloadable. And we appreciate all your feedback, support. Anything else that you wish to... Let us know. Tell us uh, along the way. Uh, are you enjoying things? Or are you hating things? Uh, I mean, if you're hating things, I'm sorry. Um, if you're loving things, I'm not sorry because, you know, that's how I work. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Speak to you next week. My name is Ben, and I got my book of knots. I think I'm all set.
1: Oh, good. All righty. Well, my name's Darville and thanks for listening, guys and girls. And also... Hey, sorry we had to leave you. Sorry we had to leave you hanging this time. You'll have to wait for a week to uh, find out how the cliffhanger is resolved.
0: See you then. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.